I think what tends to happen is we, our value system, we define it too narrowly in, in some sort of metric, right? We always want some sort of metric of success because that's something that's tangible, right? We can say it's because by this age, this dollar amount or this size property or something along those lines where there's a very specific measurable. I think that becomes, uh, that becomes the goal and which is, I think, I'm not going to say unfortunate, but I think there is a way that could be altered. And for me, my goal is always to have impact, right? To be a part of something, to be happy, impact each other. Um, and I think with everything that I've done, as you naturally do that, and if you let that be your driving factor, the opportunities of when you show up and just do the work will naturally present themselves. Because as people, you work with them, you meet them, they see that in you, and they, they either want to enable that opportunity or they want to be a part of that opportunity and there becomes a natural collaboration point because you're doing it very selflessly. And when you do it very selflessly, people, people whether intuitively or just under, or explicitly understand that and they, they want to empower each other. Hey everyone, here we are again in the Yogi Triathlete Nerve Center recording another episode of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Justin BJ and today we've got two Tran in the house. Today, he's here in the High Vibe studio with us after honoring Lance Corporal Abe Simpson of the U.S. Marine Corps, who was killed in action in the Second Battle of Fallujah on November 9th, 2004, to carry the American flag during the run portion of Ironman 70.3 Oceanside yesterday as a part of the Ironman Foundation and the dedicated work of our bud Mike Ergo from Transitions from War who helped to create the Gold Star Initiative. So to welcome to the show, man. And let's just dive in with like talking about yesterday. So how did that whole thing come together? Yes. Well, one, thank you for having me here today. It's uh, I really appreciate it. I, I've always enjoyed uh, your company. And of course, meeting you uh, when you first came to Carlsbad, it was kind of, I took it on my personal duty to ensure that you uh, enjoyed my hometown. Yeah, <laughs> you're a bit of an ambassador. You're very welcoming. And you were one of the first people and that uh, that we met here. So uh, it's good to have you here on the show. Thank you. So to answer your question, uh, how I got involved with the Gold Star Initiative, it it stems from relationships and my relationship with Lisa Anderson and Mike Ergo. Uh, I remember uh, meeting Mike through social media uh, a few years ago uh, and when he, uh, and I forget how we all introduced, so Mike will have to kind of update you on that one, but I've known Lisa for years from the local tribe community. And about a month and a half ago, or excuse me, a month and a half before Oceanside, they contacted me saying, hey, we have, we've partnered with the Ironman Foundation uh, for the Gold Star Initiative. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's an awesome thing to do with them this year to bring awareness to Gold Star families. And they said, hey, we, we want to ask you, like, are you doing Oceanside? And once I uh, answered that I was, they asked me, like, hey, we would love for you to carry the flag during the run portion of the triathlon for uh, one of the Gold Star families. And I was absolutely floored. I was absolutely honored. Uh, and a side note, I was debating on whether to come out and, and, and race it um, or just come out and spectate it because of just, of course, life, family, all that work-life balance thing. You've got a little one now. Correct. How old? <laughs> he is 10 months old. Uh, he is, I, I miss him dearly being here for this race. He's crawling. My lovely wife, Heather, is taking great care of him, uh, but I'm ready to get back to him. Uh, he is, uh, he's looking for Papa right now, wondering where he's at. <laughs> um, but uh, so once I was able to, you know, wrap my head around it, I'm like, all right, let me, I have, you know, a few weeks to at least 
get this in order and do it right? Um, I said, yes, let's go ahead and do it. And of course, yeah, that's how I got involved. And then of course, yesterday I met, or excuse me, what day is today? Today is, <laughs> this, I know that's seriously, that's how like, I have no idea what day it is, but I think it's Sunday. Yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's, 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 a, it's a great day in California. We can lose track of what day it is when you're enjoying. Well, especially when you're just absorbed in the vibe of, you know, this epic race that happens right down the road and you're moving into the Wadi Ink camp. And so it's just, you just get absorbed in triathlon as your life and there's no calendar there because it's 24 exactly. seven. Exactly. Absolutely. So the morning of the race, I meet um, his mother, Maria, and, and we do kind of a quick introduction, and they have the flag ready. And so we were there at the start of the race before uh, it kicked off, so during the national anthem with the honor guard uh, holding the, the, the American flag. What's uh, that the moment like? It's, so it's, it's funny. It's, very, it's, it's, it's surreal in certain respects, but me being a former Marine and being part of a lot of ceremonies, I... Uh, I know what to do, but having being the focus of the attention by giving the attention to the flag was, it's just a little, it's hard to put all the, my mind's still being wrapped around it. I'm still kind of living in my head to find the right words, but definitely in honor. Uh, but it, it got a little misty eyed because you think about, of course, you feel a tighter connection to the situation that's going on because now there's this situation that is manifested through his mother and you kind of feel this energy and spirit is, is changed, you know, at least for at least myself and for us there at the start line, right? The, the nervous energy kind of goes away from the race nerves and you get focused on kind of the, the real things that matter, the human connection, right? These deep connections that we have that we build with each other and definitely started feeling and growing that with um, Maria, his mom there at the time. So that's kind of how it felt. And then, of course, just making sure that I didn't uh, look silly. Uh, I was doing the right honorable thing. Uh, and, and it was one of those things where you kind of just question everything that you're trying to do. And you're, you're being a good representation of both the program, the family, uh, of Iron Man, but everything else too. And you just, it goes beyond like our... We can get so focused as athletes like on our times and, you know, what our race is going to be and all of that. And something like this, and we're going to, I know we're going to talk more and more about this. It's like you get this bigger picture and this bigger purpose and you're a part of that too. You know, you get to be a part of that, but the, the mindset is, is for something greater and it's, you know, it's growing the community of, of triathlon and, and growing um, the love that we have not only for the sport, but for everything that happens to get people there. Exactly. And so that was actually a point that's brought up, especially for this Gold Star Initiative as well, is like this, as we talk about love and growing, but also impact, right? And and healing in this specific, excuse me, specific um, program where the, the, the focus of is healing through sport, right? And I think, as we all know, that the healing through sport, but sport does a lot of things, empowers, heals, drives impact. And that's something that I think, you know, we, we can lose sight of when it comes to, like you said, with the race nerves and the results. Um, but then we see certain things on the race course where there could be like adaptive athletes. We could, we, everyone has their story of being there and being on the course, everyone getting there to that race day and sharing that day with them, it's very empowering for each other. We, we, we lift each other up. And I think 
yes, sometimes that tends to happen. We lose sight of race results, but I think we should also note that I think being there, we help also our race results because we are seeing each other um, put out the work, challenge each other, inspire each other to keep pushing all the way through, right? So me, yeah, carrying the flag, but there's, you know, there's other people out there with, with their um, challenges and their, we can call it suffering, but I, I don't like using that word because that has a very negative connotation, but just more just of putting in the their sweat equity into that day. Yeah, right? and living, you know, it's, it's so we can look at it as suffering, which I agree has like a negative connotation, but it's also like learning to live in sensation. And there's a lot of sensation that comes with life. And some of it feels really good and it's easy to receive. And some of it doesn't feel so good. Like Maria, you know, losing her son. That's a lot of sensation. Doesn't feel so good, but it's all a part of life. And how can we learn to live with that um, with a little bit more... Um, I guess, evenness and welcoming and love and acceptance that everything on this path is for us. Yeah, exactly. And funny you should mention um, his mother is, I remember then once I was running with it, presenting her with the flag at the finish, you can tell still very emotional and then talking to her more afterwards of how she's doing everything that she can to help just continue his legacy so no one forgets his name. And again, this is what our sport is amazing at doing right and we it's become so embedded in our in our sport and it's what i'd love to be able to sort of do my part now of of not worrying about race results but just you know driving impact on everyone which is expanding our our reach our impact as a sport to a family that may not have considered this as an outlet for healing so yeah yes. it's amazing and yesterday as i was standing standing there cheering people on in the run course I just had this moment where I just stopped and I started observing everyone and all their different run forms and the crazy forms and the people with the big backpacks and everything that was going on in that moment and the faster people just moving through the crowd and thinking, my God, everybody's got a story that got them here. And every single one of those stories is worthy. And it's, it serves a purpose in their life. And looking at all the people cheering everyone on, and that's one thing I've always loved about this sport is that nobody's asking what your political affiliation yeah. is. Nobody cares if you know, you've ever cut somebody off or cut them off on the road. It's like we all come together, and in that moment, it's about people getting to the finish line, to, fulfilling, to fulfill what they came here to, to, to start and, and, and to become. Absolutely. And I love how you said how everyone is worthy. And that's something that I think is a, is a major takeaway of where we all have our challenges, our, our stories, our pain, right? And we're not here to like compare each other's pain. We're like pain is pain, right? And our healing, and we all need some level of healing. We're not trying to compare who is healing better or worse or who's feeling more or less pain. That's why I really appreciate about this, our community, right? It's like, we get it. We all have and we recognize that about each other. Getting to that start and, and going through that day, it's, it's, it's always amazing and inspirational. Yeah, and everybody's going through the same thing. The swim waves, the, uh, the challenge on the hills and the bike course, and then the, the dreaded walk on the run. Everybody's doing the same thing. It's oh, just yeah. at a different, different level. Absolutely. And people can... I remember standing at the top of uh, that little stretch there in town and people coming up the hill and they're just like, oh my God, that hill was just so hard. <laughs> yeah. But I kept telling him, I was like, it's done. It's in the past. You just, you just, you just achieved it. Move on. Like refocus. Yeah. What's next? Now I got to go down the pier. Like, yeah. What's next? Yeah. And I also enjoy that 
like you mentioned, these stories help kind of build that bond on that race course. And we all go through it. So whether you were the first person or mm-hmm. in the middle or wherever, you all share that same story of that day, of that journey that kind of t- uh, tightens our bonds together as people. Yeah. So. Everybody's taken that. Everybody's taken the beating of that concrete yesterday, whether you're Ben Knut or you're the final finisher or you're somebody that didn't make the cutoff. doesn't matter. We are all kind of uh, absorbing your this a similar experience, but then through your own u- uniqueness. And... You know, after the race, uh, we were kind of in the in the area where everybody's eating and stuff. And I looked up on the bleachers. Talk about community. I looked up on the bleachers, and then I just saw the boom, like the hit squad up there, oh, which yes. is a part of Wadi. Now that's your um, you're the team manager now. So how did you become a part of and get get into this position with them? I've been a team member for several years, and and just to, of course level set the conversation, and which I'm sure we'll touch upon here in a minute is so there's the hit squad which is about 500 members strong that is dispersed not just continental u.s but they're a contingent and of course there's overseas in like japan a little bit australia and and in europe and so it's that that i don't want to call it a brand i want to call it a culture is is expanding right and that's the culture that of what wadi inc represents both uh, especially in triathlon and then of course there's the wadi inc elite team which is about 120 members strong uh, as well. So, um, I've been a member of the, you know, the elite team for several years. And then there's a transition in the, the management. And, and since then we've done kind of a, a, a hit, hit refresh, so to speak of like, Hey, where do we want to go with this? Because what, you know, talking with, with Wadi and, and all the different stakeholders involved be like, Hey, this is, you know, the, the brand is, isn't just that it's a representation of culture and these people, um, are, are living, breathing, um, sort of manifestations of it all who believe in the culture, who, who feel a part of it. So, um, but yes, as you mentioned that they're, they're just a, a great bunch of people that are dispersed that just want to do some, um, that are, want to be, that want to be a part of a team in a very individualistic sport. Um, but we do it to empower each other, to inspire each other, to help each other grow. So, it's, uh, I came to that position once, you know, like I said, it, it turned over and then, uh, you know, approaching Sean, realizing there needs to be just kind of a, there's a growth opportunity there, which of course he has his focus with, of course, with Heather, but if his pros and of course, uh, the clothing line, right. And there's just so many cycles he can spend, but of course me being, um, having experience with this, both in my prior military days, but also in my, my day job at Microsoft being able to say, Hey, I think there's a great collaboration point that I want to empower both the brand but drive impact because i i believe in what he's been doing i believe in my teammates because i want to build a better experience for them which who in turn build a better experience for everyone around them so how is why how are they making an impact so we have i mean where to start right um it all comes from the team members right so we just got back from the Adaptive Surf Clinic with the Ironman Foundation and the Challenged Athletes um, Foundation, where we were just up in Oceanside helping the um, Challenged Athletes surf. So there we partnered with surf instructors that were there, and we uh, with the, we had several different sort of waves of the day of, of children and the adults of, of having, uh, empowering them through sport, through surfing. And so we helped did what we could out there to do that. And we are looking at other initiatives to drive the impact. But of course we have our individual members across 
the world, but especially the continental U.S., of impacting their local communities, of saying, hey, this is, you know, doing outreach of helping people get into the sport, empowering each other, just growing the the sport of triathlon because we we love the sport so much, but as we've been kind of articulating the, the empowerment, the... Uh, impact, but also just the the positive energy that comes with the sport that we just want to help emanate and spread uh, because we just feel it and live it and breathe it. And what can you, what are you bringing to them? You're saying like there's things from your day job and being a Marine. So what is it about you that's like put you into this manager position that you've, because you obviously have a vision and you're really passionate about it. So what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. So what I've seen in a lot of cases, which I think a lot of us do, especially being in this team, is that we all have our different sort of specialties, our, our day jobs, if you will. And these are in different verticals or different silos across the board. And each one of them have their kind of best practices. And as we've kind of mentioned before, but uh, there's a natural alignment and collaboration that needs to happen. And for me, that's how I feel with my experience, both in, in the military and the Marine Corps, but also at Microsoft. Uh, there's this natural alignment of both, like you can call them best practices, but also there's these uh, sort of cultural things or whatever we want to call them. I'm losing the words right now, but you know, at Microsoft, there's this, um, you know, for diversity, inclusion, impact, and that's what I'm trying to drive across the board, especially with the team. And the thing is the team, they've always believed in it. It's just a matter of kind of reshaping that culture and building it and using sort of those, that model for success to apply it here and, and, and tailor it to the team, how it needs to be, to be able to do that. And this is definitely something that um, the team has definitely been on board with. And, you know, this is the first event kicking off the season, and we're excited to do more with it. Uh, but like I said, just using those those best practices and aligning it to the team um, in a great sort of collaborative way to help sort of drive that impact even further. So we, we talk a lot about doing the work for the sake of the work. Mm -hmm. So just showing up. Do the work yes. without expectations or results, let's just say. And I know that's a, it's a gray area because a lot of people will ask, how do you have goals? How can you not have goals? How can you just keep working and not have goals? Like, what's going to be leaning you forward? And, and what I like is, we were talking earlier, like, you've come to this point where now you're managing this team. You're working for Microsoft. You're in the military. Are these things that you saw as a child growing up, did you ever have any sign of like, this is what I'll be doing? Or is this just like the progression of your mind to maybe keep keep all channels open, to just see where life takes me, what the next step is? So that's exactly it, right? And, and to touch upon the goals, but to answer your question specifically is, I think what tends to happen is we, our value system, we define it too narrowly in, in some sort of metric right? We always want some sort of metric of success because that's something that's tangible, right? We can say it's because by this age, this dollar amount or this size property or something along those lines where there's a very specific measurable. I think that becomes, uh, that becomes the goal and which is, I think, I'm not gonna say unfortunate, but I think there is a way that could be altered. And for me, I just look at it as, as, my goal is always just to have impact, right? To be a part of something, to be happy, impact each other. Um, and I think with everything that I've done, as you naturally do that, and if you let that be your driving factor, the opportunities of when you show up and just do the work will naturally present themselves. Because as people, you work with them, you meet them, they see that in you and they, they either want to enable that opportunity or they want to be a part of that opportunity and there becomes a natural collaboration point because you're doing it very selflessly. And when you do it very selflessly, people 
people, whether intuitively or just under, or explicitly understand that, and they, they want to empower each other. And that's what's kind of led me to hear of just trying to, you know, make every everyone's experience, everyone's life easier or happier where these opportunities present themselves. Because as I just keep doing the work and, you know, to say that's been my goal is just to, you know, do the work, but leaning toward my happiness and impact, these op- amazing opportunities come up. And once we take advantage of them, we grow that even further. So it becomes like a stepping stone where there's no true defined path, I should say. It's more of you're building a profile of different things you do and they naturally just sort of kind of come together. Like you just said, there's Microsoft military and this where it was more, there was, it's not a path. It's just a profile of different things that I'm doing that are is naturally coming together in a very cohesive and collaborative way. That's basically it's aligning, right? It's alignment. Yeah. And the doing the work for the sake of the work isn't about not having goals, right? You had a goal yesterday to get to the finish line. You had a goal yesterday to honor, you know, um, Abe Simpson. Correct. Yes. Um, and you had a goal to pass that flag off, right? So it's not about not having goals. I think I really studied and marinated on this, doing the work for the sake of the work for a long time, because I too had that confusion. I was like, how can I not have goals? Like that's embedded in me as somebody who I've, I'm the daughter of a Marine. And so it was like when I wanted something at the local store, my dad would be like, okay, figure out how you're going to get it. Like your goal is to get that thing. Now let's figure out how you're going to do it. And, um, and what I found is that when you focus on that moment of whatever it is that you're doing, not for the fruit of what you're going to get from it, that moment actually becomes the reward where you're fulfilled in that moment. You're content in that moment that you're not in lack of needing the reward at the end. And then what it does is it, you, you go a hundred percent into that work. And so you're, you're best in that moment. And as you continue to be your best in that moment and the next moment and all of that, and not for these like selfish, well, what am I going to get out of it? The universe conspires to support you and all of these things start to come together. And you take, you know, I never knew we were going to live in Carlsbad, California. You know, you start to take (laughs) these trajectories that may not make sense, but they, they show their sensical nature along the line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, 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 really love the way you put that but absolutely and also want to add is that it kind of frees you up it's a very sort of liberating thing when your goals if your goals make you don't empower or liberate you then there's probably maybe a redefinition maybe the goal themselves or at a larger um, topic or maybe your value system you know i'm not debating what should be valuable what not but just really evaluating it again right of saying if this is bringing my value system is not bringing me happiness maybe we need to like relook at that right just and i know that can be very scary scary fearful absolutely exactly because we're questioning identity and all those sorts of things but i i would challenge people to like really think about how they measure and define that and associate that with you know their you know happiness of course um but also just how if it's if it's restricting them if how it's making them feel at the end of the day 
Yeah, it's getting to that importance. What is important to you? Like, if time is important to you, like if you have an excuse, I don't have time to work out or I don't have time to, to spend with my family, like get honest and real with yourself. What is it going to take to create more time? Okay, well, maybe maybe it's a, sh a job shift. Maybe it's to that level. Like, mm -hmm. find something that will align. And it, it may be scary because this job is providing so much support and comfort. Well, maybe it, it's going to take you to step into the uncomfort zone for a little while oh, yeah. to grow, like take a few steps back to get forward. But finding out truly, I love that, what's truly important to you and then removing all the other stuff. And, and I was just telling Jess, just a, few, a little while ago, we're like, I'm looking at all the shirts and all the clothes that have sort of built up again after we got really minimal. And I'm like, we need to do another purge because I feel the weight of the stuff that I'm sifting through and I'm spending too much time, not a lot of time, <laughs> trying to pick a t-shirt. <laughs> Let's get real. Yeah. I, mean, the... <laughs> I probably have 12 t-shirts now, or I probably should have four. Um, you have 12 t-shirts? I probably have 12 t-shirts. Oh I know. I've gotten out of control. Purge. But what's important to me, what's important to me is decision, not having decision fatigue. Like I don't want to yes. keep worrying about what, ugh, like what's the next workout? What's the next piece of clothing I'm going to wear? Like all, like all these decisions, if I can just remove that, I know I'm going to be more peaceful, correct, calm. I'm going to be clear about where the direction I'm going to go. And that aligns with what your goals and what your purpose is in life. What's yeah. important. No, and absolutely agree with you 100% when it comes to decision fatigue, right? And that's, that becomes something I think a lot of us go through, especially the people who throughout daily life. And at the end of the day, that's why I think why people get very, um, I would say not reactive or emotional, but just kind of they're at their capacity for the day for that decision fatigue, right? We only have so many cycles throughout the day of being able to dedicate to think about and what we need to do. And by the end of the day, the last question is, oh, what do we eat today? And that becomes, you know, an event in itself, but it's becomes, it's part of decision fatigue, like, right? We want mm -hmm. someone to make that decision for us, but you're right. There's so many different things that we can do in our lives to sort of like limit that and, and, and uh, just make life more peaceful. Yeah. And do what you love. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned over yes. these years, we must do what we love and doing what you love can get a little dicey sometimes. So you're a new dad. You moved across the country in the past year. Correct. Did you, yeah. yeah. You moved across the country. Um, and you've got all these things going and that now you're taking on literally the management of like over 600 people. Now, does that make sense? No, that doesn't really make sense. But it's a labor of love. But you love it. I and mean, that's what I asked you. I'm like, is this your job now? You're like, no, this is a labor of love and it's there to enhance your life. Absolutely. And you're taking your skill set that you've learned from the Marines, that you've learned from Microsoft and you're seeing that it's like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect fit for the vision that I have that I can collaborate now with, with this amazing company that wants to make impact and you want to make impact. And so Absolutely. sometimes it means you're in the hustle a little bit. Sometimes it means that when you're doing what you love, you know, we woke up this morning like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, and in an instant, I was like, we get to do what we love today. We get to podcast. We get to go train. We get to, you know, um, share these stories of people who are looking, finding, and living their purpose. Oh, yeah. And you, like when you, I think that actually can be this embedded subconscious piece that actually limits us from doing what we love because it's almost like, watch out when you start living what you love because it's yes. going to ask a lot of you. Correct. Yeah. And, but then that's what sort of like, it keeps you going and it's the reward is there. So, you know, not just impacting the brand, but these people, right? Because I realized at the end of the day that each one of these athletes, they all have their needs, their wants, and being able to 
enrich their experience both in the sport but in hopefully i'm enriching it in some various levels in their lives right because this becomes an outlet and the sport does being part of this team does and it, it makes people feel belonging something greater than themselves and being able to help sort of drive that and enable that for people is very inspiring and yes it is work at times but it's it's the reward when you get some words of affirmation from these teammates saying hey thank you for what you're doing and it just means the world to me because i because i realize that the the labor of love is actually being realized and and not necessarily appreciated but it's having that impact and that in itself is just a huge reward of doing um what I do and it's it's been amazing so I'm I'm inspired by them more than anything else but that's what keeps me going just like my family keeps me inspiring to work hard and and give them a better life and make them happy as well yeah so it's like those words of affirmation they feel good it's like okay good like this is still in alignment it's almost like a reference point like okay this is still in alignment but what you're looking at is the is the bigger story behind it. So what have you seen in your time on the team? What have you seen like from, were you on like the first team that they had? No, I came a few, probably about three or four years after the team first started. And there's been a definitely natural uh, progression and evolution uh, in changing over the years. Because of course it started out and, and Wadi would say it better than me is it came together as a group of friends of just wanting to have fun in the sport of triathlon and then it kind of took a life of its own and it's become a huge like you said labor of their love and it's grown to something that they could never foresee you didn't think it was a small cadre of you know i want to say about a dozen or two individuals but then now it's become obviously like i said 600 over 600 people of representing just kind of the culture that he's built uh and and driving that impact and just Uh, everyone building this family atmosphere throughout the sport. And that's what it seems, you know, we we have a mutual friend, Lindsay Wolf, who was out there crushing the course yesterday. She's on the elite team. And that's what it is for her. I know it's like, it's a family. And you even like look on the website and it's like, it's a family. This, this community that has grown. So are there any stories from the team that those words of affirmation or any stories from the team of like people kind of realizing that they can be a part of this amazing community that have like stuck out for you? So there's so many and actually there's one very specific story that just happened. So one of our athletes who is in Canada, Jerry Finney, he just underwent uh, surgery for a brain tumor that they are thinking it's cancerous, like a stage four type of situation where they're waiting right now on the results but what had happened he messaged us the other day and also posted on his social media that one day at work he had a seizure and next thing you know he's waking up in a hospital and saying hey you we've did a brain scan and this is what's going on and immediately we came together as a group says what can we do being mindful of like we don't want to bombard him there's a very scary time his world has turned upside down and what we did was like hey let's create um using technology is hey let's all record a 30 second message individually and we all uploaded it to kind of a, a cloud instance you know a shared drive so to speak and said hey jerry whenever you have time take a look at this these are all members of you know our family of just giving you words of encouragement and he that in itself he told me that mental you know he appreciated that and we've we've done that i know like the hit squad before uh, last year's race with for Heather at Kona they did the same thing. They strung together these messages just to present her. So it's these things that we try to do in a very connected way to drive these very authentic, organic connections as family 
that we try to do. And, and it's not so much a words of affirmation for me that mean a lot. It's seeing them in action, impacting each other. Like me thinking like helping and enable that means a lot to me for them to be able to like have these ideas to drive impact to each other more so than the words. So it's kind of like these, the, their labors of seeing them impact each other, just sitting back going, wow, that's, they're inspiring me, but just if this family didn't exist, that, that may not have happened. And so that's what I think about in, uh, in, in that regard of how those actions, not necessarily words that help sort of affirm the work that I'm doing that is definitely worth it because you're trying to help bring out the best in people and, and, and have these impact each other and, like I said, grow these authentic um, relationships. you got a big undertaking. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you have some vision. Where do you see this going? Because, you know, yes. 500, 500, right? Or uh, 600? 600, 600 plus, 600, yes, Okay, so 600 plus. Yeah. <laughs> where do you see this going? Because, you know, that yeah share volume is is one thing but where do you what's your plan and vision it may be too early but i'm sure you have some thoughts as to where you see yeah so there's definitely some thoughts and i don't want to sort of steal anyone's thunder like sean's but what we see especially with this many people is a sort of helping reshape and grow the sport in different ways right and i know something that we've discussed internally but also with amongst the members is that you know with you know, triathlon, at the end of the day, it's a business. It needs to have some, uh, it needs to have money to operate to a degree, but we need to have people to companies, businesses, small businesses invest into the sport. And what we've been doing now is as we partner with our sponsors that we we're talking to them and we are saying, we want to have a true relationship with you because we don't want to promote necessarily a product because as we know as athletes we make purchases for very personal reasons right one reason or another we will or won't purchase something right whether it be financial or just whatever it may be but what we want to do is we want to partner and empower with the people the brand and what they represent because they enrich our triathlon experience and in turn we want to help them continue to drive their impact and enrich other people's experiences across the board. So as we um, are partnering with our sponsors now and in the future, we are telling them, like, we don't just want to, like, use our social media to promote a product, right? That becomes very, not very personal. And so we want to promote you as individuals, such as these small businesses that you may or may not know, such as, so it might be a little premature, but not necessarily so in talking with Normatech, right? Finding out at the end of the day, they are a truly um, family business, a, a small business, and we want to help that grow. And as we are making our connections better, so we're we as we get to know each other, and they're helping add to our camp, the Team Wadi Inc. camp next week, of, of facilitating kind of a recovery, and so that therefore our teammates can say, hey, like, hey, I may not use say Normatech on a daily basis, but they've been enriching my life, my triathlon experience, making you know, and making me happier, helping me recover, the different impact, I guess, at the end of the day. And so therefore, they feel more uh, connected. They have a very organic connection to the to the brand now after that. And that's what we want to sort of reshape in this um, triathlon world is, again, like, not say break down barriers, but look at each other as, as another entity, another group that has impact. Uh, not as a, a business, as a like a, maybe either a monolith or whatever you want to call it, right? But establish um, just true, meaningful connections to people, so we can enable and promote each other. 
you know, Normatech you would think is like this huge corporation, but it's not. It's just this family business. And once you start to get underneath things and you create these relationships, and I've found this too, that we're all just trying to feel good and figure it out and make our way through the world. Exactly. Looking at a team, you know, the elite team or even the hit squad with Wadi, you could look at that and be like, oh, all those people are super fast. They're going to be on the podium. Like I, I just did a sprint and, you know, I shouldn't apply. And so we had talked before we put the mics on about just this like unworthiness that's so epidemic with the human condition. Especially triathletes. Especially triathletes. <laughs> I work with a lot of triathletes. So yes, I, I know that. And you know, I'm, I was no different. You know, I had to discover and unearth my own unworthiness to be able to assist people in recognizing and healing their own. What do you have to say to that? You know, somebody who's saying like, oh, I could never be a part of something so cool as Wadi. So my first kind of one liner would be like, hey, sometimes, you know, appearances can be deceptive, right? And it could be a false impression. And we wouldn't say that. So if you ever encounter us in person, we, we try to be very welcoming, right? And people tend to be focused on race results, but without realizing what we're really looking at and really wanting is impact, right? And like we touched upon earlier, some people measure impact through metrics, such as a race result, not measuring that, hey, what impact are you having on each other? And that's what we really want to sort of educate is or spread is that it's not about the race result, right? We want you to be good, sort of good stewards of the sport, good sportsmen that are out there and that you are embodying a very positive, a positive sort of, presence and culture and that you're trying to influence that around the world around you whether in sport but also in your daily life because it becomes like i said the body isn't about a brand it's about it becomes a culture becomes an identity Um, and so that's what we want out of people so don't be deterred from race results because yes because i think it the reason why the race results are there is because the the intrinsic qualities that these athletes have, which is, you know, the impact working hard, you know, that it, it transcends it or helps enable the race results, but it doesn't define who we are at the end of the day. Yeah. It's a lot more, you know, we just, we just, it's one data point. It's just one. It's one data point. Correct. Exactly. But like you said, that's something that I think we as humans can identify with and like, Oh, if I can meet, this particular metric for this data point, like then I know I'm I'm worthy. Like no, like make get to know us, right? Establish the the meaningful relationships with us, and you'll realize that it's there's more to it than that, right? Because we have amazing people who drive impact well beyond their race results, right? They're- well, and it's so funny because you could look at like. You look at like Heather and Sean and in kind of the edgy design and be like, well, you know, like kind of scared. Like, I'm kind of. But everyone that I know who has been, you know, who is involved with Wadi, and actually we met Lorenzo, who is, yeah, yes. we, and he was just amazing and stopped us yesterday at Steady the expo. State. Oh, yeah, and then at. at- yeah, 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 came up to BJ at Steady State and, you know, introduced himself. And again, just now now creating this connection between Wadi and Yogi Triathlete, right? Like, it's yeah. we're, not, we're not doing different things. Like, we don't need to stay separate. We can all come together as a community. And there's so much overlap. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you kind of touched upon it. It's like, it's, 
it, it might seem edgy on the outside, but of course, anyone who gets to, to know them in person, they're very salt of the earth people, very warm and welcoming. Uh, everyone is a part of, who is part of the Wadi family, like you mentioned, Lorenzo. We're just, like you said, uh, sometimes it's, uh, appearances and, and impressions <laughs> can be deceptive and, and not going to say necessarily false, but just it's what people can see but it's just you know it's part of the personality it's their form of expression right but at the end of the day they are just everyone is warm welcoming and wants to just have these great meaningful connections with each other and i think it's about living your uniqueness Correct. you know and they're living their uniqueness i don't know them personally and then they've they've expressed that unique creativity through the design through the brand yes. and you know, whoever you are out there, if you're feeling like oh, I can never be a part of something like that, like what is your uniqueness? Because it's just as worthy as Heather Jackson's uniqueness. It's just as worthy as my uniqueness yeah. that it's, you know, BJ says this all the time to his athletes and people, you know, do you want to be the second best version of somebody else or do you want to be the best version of yourself? Mm. Because we all matter. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. We all matter. But we're constantly looking out for comparisons so they can look at you carrying the flag running like, oh my God, I could like, he must be like amazing. And like, I wish I could be like him, but I could never be like him. When they should just internalize and be like, I can appreciate what he's done as a human being. And I can take that in my own respect and do something in my own way that reflects the love that I have inside and want to share. No, absolutely. So it's funny you should mention that something happened on the race course yesterday, at least at one, probably more than one time, but one in particular, of one uh, woman says, I want to do that. And I'm, and I absolutely, I said, Hey, you definitely should. And I go, I said to her just to make sure that it was understood that I wasn't doing this as a challenge to myself. I was doing this for something greater. And I just said to her, just, you know, as much as you can have a conversation on a race course, <laughs> I just said, hey, just, you know, just find find some a reason to do it, right? And I just told her the reason why I'm doing this is, and, and I told other people this, is just don't forget the name, you know, Lance Corporal Abe Abraham Simpson. And you're right, like, we shouldn't, we should live the best version of ourselves. And I think, um, I think a lot of it comes just, we have to look more internal. We, we may not have all the tools to help kind of examine ourselves. So we kind of look at others to sort of emulate. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, circling back to the conversation point is, you know, looking at all these different, um, these, I would say, inspirational figures that could be, you can take a piece of that, but you don't need to fully emulate it, right? So what is it about said individual? It could be Heather, it could be any athlete that you you know what is it about them because sometimes it becomes they look at sort of the the physical but look at the intrinsic qualities that that really inspire you because i think that's what really is going on mm-hmm. in some intuitive level we're looking at each other instead of like you know sort of dissecting and saying oh what is it about them they physically try to emulate because that's the easy thing to do because that's the more obvious thing to do instead of like really examining what makes them who they are and i think that's probably a better thing to emulate you know like the whether it be the expression the the individualism not so much how that expression or individualism has come out and manifest itself yeah the visual cue like the mind wants proof we were talking about like the mind wants to know it wants that data it wants to like know that if you do x y it's going to equal z so if you know heather's doing 50 crunches and she has stomach like that okay i need to do 50 because i can see it whereas it doesn't go into like what heather's doing behind the scenes the quiet time she has the reading she does oh yeah the nutrition she like all of that 
Exactly. Sex up. We only see that vis- visual cue because we have proof. Yeah, it's like the iceberg mentality. You see the tip of it, but you don't see what the massive yes. thing, the foundation underneath it all. And, mm. and again, it just we all, I think that's where we need all to get to. Um, I know personally, I, I struggle with that too. I see these great, you know, examples that I've set forth growing up. And then I think now that I look back at it and going forward is that I was really inspired by what they look like was just, like I said, a manifestation of their work that they put into it at the end of the day of those intrinsic qualities. And you're right. I mean, that's what we definitely need to start focusing, like back to the value system, right? That's what right. exactly what we need to do. And what's underneath everything that got them there, yes. right? Discipline, right? Discipline is big and, and being in the spiritual world, and you had mentioned Mike Ergo and Lisa Anderson, who are both in my M21 Revolution, which is a yeah. meditative and mindful living community. And it was amazing to see. There was a big contingency of people at Ironman Oceanside. And I'm like, oh my God, all of these amazing athletes and supporters who are doing the deep inner work. Oh, yeah. And when we look out at somebody that we, you know, we want to emulate, what's underneath it like you said like what are the qualities that are underneath it and it's that it's that discipline it's and it's and it's you know what we see in other people like what we desire and we see in other people we can't see it in another person unless we don't have it within ourselves yeah okay so because it, we wouldn't have the reference point we need to have the reference point so know that every amazing thing that you see in someone you have it in yourself you have it in yourself, right. but because of the way we're wired as humans and socially programmed, we don't look inside of our, because we're not trained to look inside of ourselves. Oh, yeah. So we have our outer world and our inner world and our outer world is emulating, is basically a mirror for our inner world. All the good, all the bad, it's just a mirror. Yeah, exactly. So when we see these amazing things, when I look at how they're coming down the finish shoot yesterday with the big smile, I project onto her like, wow, she's in gratitude. Well, I'm in gratitude too, because I know that oh, yeah, now, like yeah. I'm living in gratitude. And so it's, yeah, it's turn the mirror around because what you're seeing is within you. And if you really start to look at life that way, there is nothing to feel unworthy about because you've got all that greatness inside of you. It's just turning in a little bit more and getting more familiar with that with, inner world that you're living. With yourself. And I love just what you said is that usually when something's inspiring and what someone does, it's really about, I say really about you, but it's because it's in you because you really identify with that. And the reason why you identify with it is because truly deep down on some level, whether you realize it or not, it's who you are as well. Of course. And so it's just a matter of tapping into that. And, and again, those things like, you know, Heather coming down that way, it, it helps bring that out within us. And I think that's something, another good sort of data point to bring up in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny, you know, we saw everybody coming in and of course she had just the biggest smile out there and, but she's a hard worker. She's super disciplined. She, you know, I'm sure there's days that maybe she doesn't necessarily want to train like we all do. She's just, she's just like us in the way that she's subject to the human condition. Absolutely. That there is, there's going to be the ebb and the flow. And so it's, you know, it's keeping your eyes on the goal, but doing the work in that moment for the sake of the work and knowing that you're, you're worthy of, um, of that goal that you have. You're worthy of becoming a part of that community that you look up to and are inspired by. Um, so go be a part of it. Oh yeah. And that's what the team and 
to circle back to the conversation of the team, that's exactly what we do for each other, right? In a more, a very more connected way. And we see the amazing athletes across, you know, both teams of, of inspiring each other and bringing out the best in that way. And so it's been amazing. Like this is, like I said, this is how it, this family grows, the influence, the culture, the identity of it, it all grows. Absolutely. I feel like we're about to have another like boost in the growth of triathlon because you know it has plateaued a little bit but we've got you know like we had talbot cox on the show and and talbot's all about the growth of the yeah of the sport and um and wadi you know it's about making an impact in the sport and creating the community and of course we have bob 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 babbin who is just like like, what would triathlon be without bob babbin mike riley like it's just yeah it just continues oh i'm glad you mentioned mike's name because when you were saying, um, so we look at like a team, like what you've got and we see the team and we see them producing results and stuff, but what we don't always get a look into, which is, I'm so glad that you're here on the show sharing this is that what's going on behind the scenes. You know, when we talk to Mike, he talks about like, there's so much that goes on between him being on that microphone at the finish line. He's calling people in the hospital. He's, Absolutely. you know, he's looking over the st- of every member of the start of everybody participating in an Ironman. Right. He's looking at yeah. all their names, all the stories, and he looks it over two or three times. Right. Like all the stuff going on behind the scenes, where, you know, we're looking. We a lot of times we can we just look at the end result, mm. but there's so much going on behind the scenes that is just supporting one another exactly. and strengthening this community. Yeah, exactly. And just to touch upon, you know, uh, with Mike, we know being part of the Ironman Foundation having breakfast with him the other day and actually he was just out the Adaptive Surf Clinic as well with Bob uh, of seeing that and you don't you don't get to see all the time the work they put in you know still in the name of the sport but outside of what we see as athletes at the finish line right and so it's just also seeing them very inspirational like wow they're they're putting in the work more than just being on the mic right or doing <laughs> doing Bob's um, breakfast during Kona right because you see how they, they live, breathe it, and these very well-known inspirational figures are just helping to do great things for the sport and for each other. But really, it's, it's, it's not for them. You can tell they do it because they truly care about their fellow person right. and, and enriching their lives. Like at the Adaptive Surf Clinic of, you know, of empowering these, these, the challenged athletes through sport. And you, and you get to see that in person. Um, and I think that obviously needs to be highlighted more so. And I think, uh, like I said, just when, when you cross the finish line next time and Mike is, you know, saying your name, um, you can just, you know, envision him doing so much more than that uh, when he's not announcing it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we <laughs> it's like sometimes he's peeing in a Gatorade bottle, you know, <laughs> just to stay on that finish line and cheering people on. So you've got a full-time job, you've got a little one, you're married, you've taken on this team management. How do you find work-life sport balance? So prioritization, right? And I was just actually talking to my wife, Heather, about this, is that I said to her, it's like, hey, taking all this on, obviously something has to give and I have to prioritize. And so just something to, to look at, right? And the, not saying this is the decision per se, but it probably is, is that hey, a little bit less racing, still train, but not being held to some sort of like, I need to train for X amount of hours per day for the week because that becomes taking away from other things such as the work, uh, of, of my or my family or of the Wadi team, right? And so just a matter of that prioritization, but also, you know, time management, all those little intrinsic qualities, right? And so it's been, it's, we're learning and we're in, and we're always having these 
ongoing conversations to ensure that, again, back to goals, that, hey, are we staying on par with our goals and what we set out to do for ourselves and where we want to be and where we want to go? Not driven by a metric, of course, but just kind of our, our, our current sort of big blue arrow of where we're going. But yeah, so that to it's been a, it's been challenging, but in a good way. It's helping me as an individual grow, but us as a family unit learning about each other. But also, what's great is that now we have this physical representation, manifestation, and our son of 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 what we're focusing around. So it becomes both equally easier and very much difficult because now it's just this living, breathing life form that is uh, relying on you, but. Of making your decisions around. Yeah. And how important is flexibility to all of that? It's extremely important. And I'm lucky that as a great, uh, both my team members, but also with Wadi and also with, you know, my day job with Microsoft and my family, that flexibility is there. Right. Um, but not to be like, take advantage of it. It's more just, it's there to understand that there's a degree of flex, a little give and take, but not in, uh, not perpetually right so i'm not going to keep say bending on my day job or bending on my family to compensate for this it's gonna it's gonna naturally shift depending on prioritizations or you know whatever may be going on in life right so therefore there'll be a time where i shift more focus back say to to my day job and less from the team but then what's great about that is that the the team members get that because we live our day jobs as well and and all of them have easily made my life easier because they step up because they want to drive that impact as well. Mm -hmm. How important is presence? Huge. (laughs) This is a conversation that uh, I have in my head, but also with my wife and I tell her sometimes like, Hey, if you don't feel I'm present, remind me, like tell me you're not feeling that I'm present in the day uh, or the moment. The reason being is because I can't be, I don't want to be focused on something in the past or in the future. I need to focus on what's in front of me. So otherwise, then I have, if I'm not focused on, say, my family at the time and I'm focused on the team or work, when I'm at work, it's my family life is going to suffer. So wherever I'm at, I have to be present in the moment. How do you do that? Mindfulness. <laughs> There's different tools. I've had different great inspirational figures uh, to do that. But I mean, there's different actions and and meditative things that you need to do or just certain sort of mantras. Um, The simple thing that we, I think is very prevalent now is like putting our technology devices down, right? Focus on the the thing in front of you, not the thing 20 minutes from now, but right then and there. And uh, I guess how I do it differs depending on what, what tool mentally or internally I'm using at the time. But it's just a, it's a constant sort of evolution, but a constant thing that we, I have to do myself of, of being present, but also being mindful of finding whatever tools I have in my toolbox to do it. And what's great, I have a, an amazing support structure to be able to, to who one believes in it and helps uh, enable that. You mentioned mantras. Um, what's a mantra that you've used before? How, have you used one on the race course? And... Have you used one just in your daily life? And it, are they the same, maybe? It differs, right? Um, you know, on the, on the race course, there's just these conversations you have with yourself, right? And it, it changes because as we constantly go through our day or week or month, we learn different things. And, and sometimes, I'm not going to say certain mantras grow stale or certain exercises go stale, but sometimes we need a refresh and something new or a new take on something. Um, but, it, you know, a technique is just, you know, reset, like stop, 
the deep breathing and, and just do a count. And sometimes that fundamental basic comes down to it to kind of stop for a second and then just realize, hey, at the end of the day, what am I really trying to achieve? And kind of making sure that you really um, are aligned to it. And yeah. so that's where it kind of comes back to. But so I don't have like a go-to per se ex- outside of some mindfulness exercises, but the mantra changes depending on what the circumstances are at the what's, time. What's one that you've used in the past? Because <sighs> they come, it's yeah. the way that you just described, it's going to come to you in the moment. Like what you need in that moment is just going to come. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess what I do or I have done, it, it always circles around like, the, the topic of regret, right? It's like, if I don't, if I'm not in the moment and I'm not being present, I'm not taking everything in and I'm, and I'm going to regret not feeling this emotion again and, and living something and feeling that, that, that basically say as like, you know, like yesterday, like I realized that, Hey, if I'm not present and why I'm holding this flag when we finish our shoot and taking all that in, it's not going to be that memory is not going to be built. And so sometimes it, it comes to those conversations of, of the mantra of regret, right? Don't, if I don't, if I'm not present, I'm going to regret, the, regret that for the rest of my life. So I'm going to not realize taking in the crowd, taking in that, that very emotional moment. Yeah. And letting that moment soak into your cells. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's really where change occurs is on a cellular level, sustainable change. So we can be inspired all day long by Heather's, um, you know, smile coming down the finish shoot but in that moment when you see her coming down so I'm just using her as an example because it was impactful for me yesterday when I saw her coming down I felt the inspiration but then I felt what was underneath the inspiration and for me the way it translated into me was gratitude and so in that moment I imagined gratitude soaking into my cells and that's when we start to to change in a way that's really effortless. Oh yeah. It just becomes a byproduct of living in the moment. Yes. And and I'll add to that. Yeah. And the gratitude of being able to live in that moment, I think also is the kind of the, um, the opposite of that regret, right. Or actually there's probably a natural sort of like relationship with it, but yeah, just being able to be, um, just appreciate the moment that we're able to have right then and there as well. And so sometimes again, to, to add to the answer of sometimes that the mantras revolve around appreciation in the moment. Um, and then we're reminded of it through our, through the different people and figures, inspirational figures that we see throughout our day. Yeah. And not missing our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when I, you know, living the way I live now, I make no mistakes. Like sometimes it's like, I feel like a grumpy feeling soaking into my cells and it's like, look, look at that seeping. You know, I'm not, I'm not sub, I'm not immune to the human condition, but I see it in the way that I live now. And when I talk to people about present moment awareness, I'm like, you don't miss your life anymore. And I missed so many years of my life being hurried by the future and tainted by the past. And when you're in that present moment, you're just available to let these things that you want to bring into your life soak into your cells. And it becomes uh, like a momentum builder. It ends where when you do that, it just starts adding and these great positive things start adding on top of it. But conversely, sometimes the negative things can start adding up and that builds momentum, unfortunately. Oh, you can go either way. Yes. We we focus on this fans, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it goes either way. Universe (laughs) is neutral, right? It's going to give you, it's like life is... 
in the simplest terms, it's like a boomerang, right? You throw yeah. that boomerang out, that boomerang's going to come back. And the universe is neutral. You're not getting punished. You're not, you know, you're not unworthy. It just is, right? So it's just paying attention to your life on purpose. And you had said something about, you know, something in, in regards to simplicity when we were talking yes. about mindfulness. And that's what it is. You know, my, my yoga teacher who taught us a lot about present moment awareness and being able to teach it, he always says, like, being present is the simplest thing anybody could ever ask you to do. It is the simplest thing. There's nothing fancy or sexy about being present. It's getting skillful at sewing those moments together. Mm. Everybody can right now drop into a breath and just feel their breath. But can you feel the next one and the next one and the next one? Because the mind's going to want to pull you out mm-hmm. and the conditioning's yes. going to want to pull you out. And maybe if you have negative momentum, that's going to want to pull you out. But just keep going back. Yep. Just keep going back to that to that present moment. So somebody who's listening to this and now they're like, okay, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna apply this year, try and be a part of it. When does all that happen with Wadi? So it happens about September, you know, toward like the, the latter end of like the triathlon season. And just because it's the natural progression of both the season and people are lining up next year as far as their race schedules. Um, and that's when we would start advertising of when, Hey, coming to the team and, you know, and I'm endeavoring to take on a sort of a new process. And I've kind of educated some of, um, the team members now where, you know, traditionally in the past, it was like the team manager selecting the, uh, the, the future team members, right? What I want to do is I want to make it that expand that family feel and that sort of connectedness where I'm saying, Hey, I'm gonna let you guys select. I'll be like the moderator, be like, hey, but these are the things I want we to have a discussion around when we when we do it in the application. Because my vision for that is is when they select it, now they become invested into their success the following year. So this natural mentorship happens. They feel this natural connection, be like, hey, behind the scenes, I advocated for you to come here, even though they don't may not know it, right? Because mm-hmm. they I gave them a list of, you know, divide and conquer applications. Now if they make the team, they're like this, this cadre of like two or three people who are currently on the team selected this new person. Now they're like, hey, we want to make sure you get the best experience out of it, but also you're successful on this team. So therefore, again, that builds that family atmosphere, that connectedness to be able to do. Instead that's of, brilliant. Yeah, instead of one person selecting it. I so, love it, dude. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's creation. And that came from present moment awareness. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it came. Yes, I would like to attribute it to that. But yeah, it's just one of those uh, amazing things that we, we want to do and, um, and, and build that family atmosphere, expand that culture. I just continue, continue to grow. Awesome. Cool. All right, cool. And so between now and September, people should just follow them and get... Look at the culture, right? It's like, yeah. when you're, it's like I would see if it's aligned. Exactly. It might not be aligned, go, go and that's okay up. if it's not. Right. right. Exactly. Go hit up one of the elite squad, elite members at a race. Just go talk to them, right? Because they're in the blue. Are they blue? No. Yeah, a little bit of blue. There's a, yeah. we have different colors, absolutely. But okay. yeah, um, just yeah, approach them, talk to them, uh, introduce yourself, and you'll get to know them. And and they'll be. Uh, 99.9% of the time, they'll be very welcome. Just don't catch them on a very awkward, like, finish line, like, suffering moment. <laughs> right. You might give them a moment. But, right. uh, no, absolutely. They're all very approachable, uh, and they all have their very inspirational sort of stories, and uh, they will more than happy just to, you know, um, talk about the team and talk about their experiences. I love awesome. it, dude. Thanks, Thanks, too. Thank you. Thank you.